The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. It's time for a different take on spirituality for the modern world. Welcome to Big Universe with Jim Lefter and Reverend Raymond Anderson. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. I'm Jim Lefter, kind of a spiritual journeyman and media producer type guy. I run a website with online courses called youthrivehere.com. I'm here with my special guest host again today, Spiritual Rebel and the Real Doctor Who, Sarah Bowen. Hi, Sarah. Oh, thank you, Jim. Hey, Big Universe. Sarah is the author of Spiritual Rebel, a positively addictive guide to finding deeper perspective and higher purpose. She's been a frequent contributor here to Big Universe, and somehow I have persuaded her to come on for some episodes and uh, be a co-host. The force is strong with you, Jim. I did use my Jedi mind tricks. I did. You did. You did. And you've got some great content coming up. So I'm excited to, uh, to be here for it. So get to the important stuff. And that is, I understand that I've gotten you into something that maybe I never got Raymond into, the world of the TV series Firefly. Is that true? It is true. I was catching up on some past episodes of Big Universe, and I heard your challenge to Raymond, and I thought hey, I can do that. So I got Firefly and I've watched the first two episodes and I love it. I had no idea what a space Western was and now you've opened my eyes to an entire new genre. Well, that's what we're here for in Big Universe. You know, we're here to open people's eyes, not only to new thought and spiritual stuff, but to the important things like Firefly, the TV series. Well, yeah, because, you know, things, interesting things happen when you combine spaceships and horses, <laughs> right? Who would think? And I, you know, being an animal chaplain, I love anything with animals. So I traded in uh, my Wookiees and my Tribbles uh, for Firefly to check out some space horses. Well, it's it's very cool. It's um, It's an interesting series. And yeah, I find some spiritual stuff in there, although... Uh, the the creator, Josh Whedon, uh, is an atheist. There's definitely some humanistic values in there, some very interesting conversations about spirituality. And as you, as you move on in the series, you'll get more of that. Yeah, I, I, uh, I was burned a little bit by some of the comments about the clergy member who was on the ship. So it gave me a lot to think about, right? About the relationship of clergy and space. I hope to be clergy in space someday. <laughs> I have no doubt that that is a possibility. <laughs> you know, there's another show. I don't know. Have, have you ever seen the movie A Quiet Place? 
I have. And isn't there the second one of that? Isn't that out now? It's not out yet. They had to delay it because of the the virus, but it is going to be coming out soon. I thought it was fascinating. I think there's a very spiritual kind of, you know, conversation to be had there um, in that, you know, what we perceive and what we think, what happens when we turn off all those external sounds and, you know, try to communicate and, and get along in the world with, with what we have. I think that's happening a lot right now, too, because I'm just north of New York City, right? And, and we're experiencing silence in a way we've never experienced it before with COVID-19, right? So that idea of um, not only our environment being in silence, but also, you know, many of us are homebound and we're quarantined and I'm resisting the urge to consume, 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 right? And to, except for the Big Universe podcast, of which I'll listen to all of them, of course. <laughs> uh, but the idea of, you know, what happens- I'll pay you for that too. <laughs> pay me in more uh, recommendations of excellent sci-fi spirituality, Jim, that'll work. We might actually have five, uh, five audience members now, so I'm really psyched about that. Excellent. I hope they're all on spaceships. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sarah, are you ready for our dueling inspirational quotes today? I am. You know, it's so hard. There, there's so many books, so many books, but I did pick one that I think would really line up with our guest today. So that I had in mind. Here we go. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Pure consciousness is pure potentiality. It is the field of all possibilities. It is infinite creativity. Interesting. Is that Deepak Chopra? Of course, it's Deepak Chopra. Oh, I thought I recognized that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the pure consciousness probably tipped you off a little bit. It but did. I it was. It was a good quote for today, and I'm a, a big Deepak fan, so that's my uh, that's my dueling inspiration today. Awesome. Well, mine is very quick and simple. The next message you need is always right where you are. Ram Das. Oh, I was going to say it was AOL. <laughs> I got it. Ram Das, yes. And it was his birthday, anniversary of his birthday yesterday, I believe. Was it? I don't, I didn't know that. Are you ready to jump into the episode? I am. Let's do it, Jim. All right. Now here's Martha Creek with a Unity Moment. Hi friends, it's Martha Creek, marthacreek.com to contact me. This is a series on the Beatitudes and maybe another look, a new perspective maybe on the messages. This one today is Beatitude number two. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Essentially, then, from a new perspective or even a wisdom perspective of this, now I'm offering these in the context of we're on this journey here in life for a a spiritual transformation, a consciousness transformation. So I'm presenting from that perspective that then as we look at this beatitude, the second one talks about vulnerability, vulnerability and flow. When we mourn, we're talking about true mourning, not complaining, nitpicking, fault finding, blaming, and self-pity. But in a state of broken heartedness, a state of free fall, 
our heart reaching out toward what seemingly is lost and the longing of that heart. Then to mourn is by definition to live between the worlds, to live between the realms, to practice the wound of love. Uh, Ken Wilbur had written that in a book called Grace and Grit about um, a personal loss and his own personal loss, quoted as real love hurts. Real love makes you totally vulnerable and open. Real love will take you far beyond yourself and therefore real love will devastate you. This is the type of mourning. The mourning is indeed a brutal form of emptiness. And I got back into touch personally with um, the power of the practice of lamenting, lamentations, and how much I had worked over the years to to disregard that, depress it, suppress it, disown it. And I see now that that was an immature and unsustainable approach to this because in this type of emptiness, in this type of field of possibility here, when we can remain open through this mourning and loss and grief, we discover a mysterious something, a mysterious something, um, creator, source, that does indeed reach back to us. It does indeed reach back to comfort us. So this this uh, tentacles of our grief that go out beyond and into the unknown become intertwined into a greater love that holds us. And for me, I can affirm and absolutely assure you that through this process of mourning like this and allowing some time for mourning and grief, not living in it, but taking it as a purification practice that it is to touch directly the substance of divinity, the substance of divine compassion, of flow, of a larger mind, the upper room, so to speak. And tears have been a classic spiritual way to do this. So I say cry, 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 cry. And you don't have to cry alone. God bless you, friends. Here's a new segment with Ed Biagioti. Hey, everybody. It is Edward Biagioti, and I am so happy to be back with you today to share a little bit about taking the light approach to whatever we're doing Emmett Fox refers to it as praying with a feather instead of a pickaxe. He also refers to the fact that when we get too tense or strained to make things happen, that we're putting the foot, putting our foot on the very hose of creativity that inspired us in the first place. And while I'm on the subject of Emmett Fox, he has a great reading called Loosen Up. It's from April 11th in the Round a Year with Emmett Fox. And he says, Loosen Up. To be tense is the surest way to fail in any undertaking, great or small. To desire success is a splendid thing, but to pursue success too tensely is to make certain of missing it. The carefree approach in any endeavor is a shortcut to success. In music, in sport, in study, in business, in business life, many people fail or advance very slowly because they make hard work of it. Treat your work as fun. 
regard the difficulties as part of the game, laugh off the annoyances. This, of course, is the real difference between work and play. Take it easy. Loosen up. Then from the Bible, Matthew eleven thirty, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so how do we go about both wanting the best for ourselves, you know, and wanting to step out boldly and experience the, the best that we know our life has to offer while still remaining uh, relaxed and using a light touch. And part of that is making sure we take time to do what you might call a morning routine or some sort of spiritual practice where we meditate, read inspired readings, and then affirm some positive thoughts. And the reason I bring that up in this case is because I found that during that time when I still my mind with meditation and find inspiration through reading and affirm some positive things, it's also important for me to ask myself, what do I really want out of life, out of this day, out of my life beyond this day? Because when I get into that still, connected, inspired place, I'm no longer reacting to the past or whatever fears, doubts, or worries might be coming up inside me. Instead, I'm coming from a place where I can simply connect with my own heart's desires and feel them fully. And that's the time when it's time to just, whatever our great, my greatest desire, whatever our greatest desire is, whatever those things that bring us true joy, to feel those things, to think those things, to imagine those things, to imagine driving that car or working in that job or having that relationship or whatever it is. What, it could be eating a meal that you really desire to be eating or being somewhere where we really desire to be. But feeling it fully, so much so in that moment that it's so satisfying. And then, you know, I like to write down an affirmative prayer every day based on whatever I was inspired by and, uh, you know, just kind of put a button on the experience and then take a breath, relax, and go about my day with that renewed sense of satisfaction and share it with everyone. Let go of trying to, oh, wonder if that good is happening. Is this going to be the link in my good? Instead, treat everything and every person and every moment like it's a, a, a link in the golden chain of your good. I think that's a, that might also be an Emmett Fox reference. But we treat everyone as if they are part of this master plan that is leading us to our desire. We, we don't worry about how am I going to get it, going to get it. Just know that it's happening because it's always going to come through unexpected channels anyway. There's some phrase to the effect that God know, God has ways that we know not of because our rational mind is not capable of comprehending the way the divine is working. So we can relax. We never see it coming anyway. And that's why it's so delightful when our good comes to us in these amazing unexpected ways. So take it easy. Take time to visualize, to get in the flow of who you really are, and then just relax and go about your day with kindness and appreciation. So take good care of yourselves. I'm happy to announce that Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed is back on the air with new episodes on Unity Online Radio, so check it out. You can go to our website, also darylanded.com, to uh, find out everything. Take care. And now it's time for our interview. 
Royce Christian is an actor, speaker, writer, and documentary film director. He's appeared in film and television shows, including Drake and Josh, Zoe 101, and Disney Channel's Wizards of Waverly Place with Selena Gomez. His bylines have appeared in national and international publications, including Paste Magazine, In Touch, Life and Style, Closer, and others. He's appeared on BBC World News, NBC News, CBS's The Couch, Fox's More Entertainment, TMZ Live, and hundreds of radio news shows across the globe. Of course, this one is going to be his favorite. He's also the author of the new book, Scripting the Life You Want. How you doing, Royce? I'm great. Thank you for being here. I'm so, so excited to be here on your show uh, with you guys and with your listeners. It's great to have you. So I have a question for you. During this whole pandemic uh, virus situation, you've been binge watching anything? You've been playing Monopoly? What have you been doing? You know, actually, I have been working on my house. That's what something I was actually doing before uh, all of this really got into full steam and, and was, was getting really serious. But uh, the reason being, uh, I, I just finished uh, the second book that'll come out hopefully next year. And um, Congratulations. a lot of it to, Oh, thank you. I'm so excited for everybody out there to read it and this one, obviously. But part of that book is uh, expanding on, on scripting and taking it off the page and off of the sidewalk, as it were, and actually into your house and into your environment. Uh, and it's, it's just crazy cool. So I had to, I always, I'm my own test subject. So I subjected my fiance uh, and actually my parents who live just down the street to about a year of uh, remodeling and repainting and trying all these different things that kind of combine concepts of feng shui and quantum uh, it's quantum materialism it's all this really interesting stuff so i actually have been not binge watching as much as i wish i could but um i've been enjoying what i have uh, i have had uh, have seen i can't talk look at me i saw uh westworld recently which is one of my favorite shows so that just came on and uh, that's been a nice little respite from everything <laughs> Well, That's cool. perfect. We were talking about space westerns earlier, weren't we, Jim? We were. See? We were. They're awesome. I'm a giant science fiction, like, total nerd. Like, when I was eight, I had not just a Star Wars collection, but an original Planet of the Apes collection to the point where, like, I had the dolls. And I was that weird kid that had everything still in plastic and never unwrapped anything. So, <laughs> um, we I was that, that kid. So, yeah, any any science fiction, and then that just kind of parlayed into my obsession with science science because I'm a giant science geek so anything science fiction you know you got me it's kind of just like it's an a plus <laughs> awesome awesome well there's so much material in your book it's really interesting um I appreciate oh, it's so annoying no I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it I'm actually I'm going to put this into into practice and and you know feel it out it's for easy it's yeah it, and I guess my, my first question is, um, you, you started learning about this process early on. You were introduced to New Thought, and um, you actually used some of these scripting techniques to get the opportunity to work on Wizards of, of Waverly Place. Is that right? Yeah, actually, and a, a lot of, of, of the work I did on TV, I was, uh, I was an actor as a kid. I did theater in New York, and then when I was 16, I came to L.A. and did television. But I was raised in a in a family where my mom and my grandmom both my grandmother actually her mother my great-grandmother taught her these principles and we're going way back you know 120 130 years when this was a very fresh movement so 
I grew up in a really weird household. Um, you know, my dad just was, you know, he's great because he just still to this day, you know, he believes it at all, but he just kind of was like, all right, honey, you know, to my mom, just whatever. So when all my friends were in, uh, you know, Hebrew school or Sunday school, uh, I was literally learning this. They would, every Sunday, they would take me and teach me the very basic, uh, the older principles of new thought, which are, you know, just as valuable. Uh, but in my opinion, even at like 13, 14, I knew there was something that wasn't quite there. I knew it worked, but they, they instilled in me this idea, uh, not idea, but for me, a fact that you can use your, your facilities, your, your thoughts, uh, to create what you experience in your reality. So I am very weird that way among the millions of other reasons that I'm a weirdo. Um, <laughs> welcome to the club. So welcome to the club. I, 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 I great club. And I hope many <laughs> listeners out there are in the club too, because, and if they're not, they're going to be by the end of this, I, I invite everyone to be part of the club. It's a lot of fun, but, um, yeah, so, so what happened was, and I talk about this in the book, so I won't, I won't bore everybody. Not that it's a boring story, but on here, uh, I don't know if me talking about it for 30 minutes would be good and waste our time. But <laughs> I, uh, I was on a, we went to this, uh, I lived in Philadelphia, right outside of Philadelphia in a town called Marlton, New Jersey. And uh, the big thing was either you go to the Jersey Shore for summer or you would go down to, uh, it's Delmarva, which is uh, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. They have Barrier Island. And we had this really special place that my parents went to before I was born. And yada, 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 it was called uh, Chincoteague, Chincoteague and Assateague, and Assateague's a really cool island where the wild horses actually roam free, and there's no people there, it's a national park, so it's a really magical kind of cool place, and anyway, it was a four-hour drive from our house in New Jersey, and we would go for just a couple nights every summer, and I, you know, was 14 and a half, 15 years old, and Finally, you know, I, I had, I didn't do a normal middle school because I was doing theater. So I had tutors and I was, I would go to school. Like I was thinking about this recently. I, I don't know how this was allowed. I would go to school like two days a week at the actual school. And then I had tutoring the other time. I don't remember middle school, but in high school, I became slightly less publicly nerdy. And I had a really good group of friends and my best friend and I, uh, she and I got in this really, really, really bad fight, like just crazy. And we were both wrong. We were both just hot-headed wrong. And it was just ugly. And, you know, you're 15, so it's dramatic. And you're, you know, I was going through puberty and I never fought with my friend and I thought I was going to lose everything. And anyway, I get into the car to go on this vacation with my family in that mindset. And uh, she, w my friend wasn't talking to me and I was just kind of bummed in the back. And my mom and I have always been really connected. So she was reading a book. I didn't know what it was up front. And I was sort of stewing in the back seat. And long story short, she hated this book she was reading, a book club that she has no idea to this day how she got, uh, how she became a part of it. They just started sending books and she started paying for them. But she didn't <laughs> like this book. And she was only like two chapters in and she saw I was, you know, not in a great state of mind. So she said, here, read this. And the book was a very famous book, New York Times bestseller, uh, Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting by Lynn Grabhorn, which is based on the teachings of Abraham, uh, obviously Esther and Jerry Hicks. So this is years before The Secret. So that book came out in 1999. This was about 2002, 2003, uh, when this, this trip uh, to the island occurred. So... Um, I, I took the book. She didn't tell me she hated the book because I was already in a bad mood. She just said she thought maybe it had something that I'd like in it. 
And um, it blew my mind. My dad, oh, he's one of those dads that he still does this. You know, he had highlighters in the, in the, in the console in his car, but like 50 <laughs> of them for some reason. <laughs> so he would, I, I asked him because I knew they would be there. He says, anybody have a highlighter? And so of course, you know, 10 are presented to me. And um, so I started highlighting because I just couldn't believe what, uh, what it was showing me and what, it, what I was reading filled in this missing piece, this giant missing piece, which was the emotional component. It wasn't just the thoughts, but it was the magnetics of our emotions. And Lynn talked about vibrations and we, we'll talk about that a little bit later because I actually, I think I burst some bubbles accidentally, you know, because there's not a whole lot of science uh, to back up vibrations. There's a lot of science to back up what that is, but I, one of my goals is to bring in this, hopefully, uh, new words and new phrases and new understanding from the scientific side of things to explain what we used to call vibrations. Anyway, at that point, I didn't know. And it's a good word because we know what it means. And it meant something to me because I realized how strongly my emotions with the situation with my friend were impacting what was going on. And I said, wait a minute, what's going on? So I ended up, I had the highlighter and then the whole book was yellow at about 100 pages. So I said, okay, screw it, I'm just gonna read it. And uh, I don't remember the beach. Uh, actually, the other day, really funny, we had our storage facility like actually brought to the house like about three months ago, uh, part of this whole cleaning thing. And uh, I, I have pictures from everything. And that one trip, I was like, oh, it'd be so great for, you know, for the promotional tour and for the book talks and everything to have pictures from that trip. There's not one of me on the beach because I was in the cabin reading the whole Oh my time. gosh. That's so funny. for four or five days, I did that. And um, the one thing I locked in on very quickly was an exercise she talked about, uh, again, that was originally taught by Esther Hicks called scripting. And this, this scripting is what most people, even to this day, still talk about in here, which is the idea that you pick a want or a goal, let's say the book, I use a, a purposely extreme example uh, in the beginning of my book, but let's say you want to be president of the United States and, or the Queen of England or whatever. And you talk out loud, like maybe you're on the phone with a friend or whatever, for about 10 or 15 minutes. And the idea being you'll get into this emotional vibrational place and you'll feel like you really have uh, that experience of being the president. Now, um, I, I, when I got home from that trip, still didn't talk to my friend, but I, I was thinking to myself, I'm gonna sound like a crazy person if I start talking out loud, my parents are gonna commit me. Uh, they may be into some weird stuff, but this is gonna be too much if I'm up there, you know, just jumping up for joy and screaming or whatever. So um, we, long story short, I scripted that everything worked out with my friend and it's the wildest story and anybody who reads the book, please look at it because it's, it's right up front. Uh, immediately after I scripted out loud, she called me and everything that I scripted, even the weirdest details I put in to purposely uh, kind of just test it, everything came true. So that caused really good things to happen but presented a pretty big problem too which we'll talk about in a minute awesome absolutely well you know there's so much to dive into i want to dive into some details and you know i know sarah is dying to get to some of the sci-fi mentions in the uh in in the Me book too, too. so <laughs> so we'll dive absolutely we'll dive into we, we that. can barrel through scripting and <laughs> we'll be right back on big universe on unity online radio
Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to a slightly off-kilter look at spirituality. This is Big Universe with Jim Lefter and Reverend Raymond Anderson. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. We're talking with Royce Christen, the author of Scripting the Life You Want. Royce, so let's dive into some of the detail about scripting because, you know, I know you do it, do things a little bit differently. You've, you've come up with some different ways of approaching things. Tell me, first off, what is scripting? So like we were talking about before the break, the, there's the original version, I call it, of scripting, which is you pick a want, you talk out loud as long as you can with the hope that you get into the emotional feeling place of what you want. And people have, they have a lot of interesting manifestations happening with that. My problem was I was living, you know, in a one bedroom apartment with three roommates and it was really hard talking about my, you know, million dollar mansion while locked in my bathroom, not wanting to be crazy or in my car. That's like a Toyota Corolla from 1986. You know, it felt weird. It it wasn't working. But my, my problem was not with scripting, but was with myself because I, it was, it worked just enough five to 10% of the time out of maybe every 100 scripts, the ones that I would do out loud would come true. And I mean small details. And, and you read it in the book. And anybody out there who, who wants to take a peek, you'll see uh, how interesting it was, because it was that 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 itch I couldn't scratch, you know, so um, I started playing with it. And you know, I was already really fortunate uh, to have an amazing team and, and you know, my agents, and my managers and all that stuff that they that that actors have. And um, I was going out a lot. And I was booking little things. But I, it was to this point where my agent said they thought I was so doing wonderful because out of 300 people, it would come down to, it happened 36 times in one year that it was down to me and one other person down to the screen test studio or the network. And I knew there was something else going on. And I was, you know, I was a student of this. So I, you know, all I did was read books like that. I, again, like everybody was out in Hollywood partying. I would go to my classes and my auditions and my callbacks and my tests. And then I would be at Barnes and Noble at the Grove buying 10, 10 books, probably a week, if not more and reading. So I wanted to figure it out, but I couldn't find out what, what was working. So um, I know we want to talk about the science. So just real quickly, uh, the scripting that I, what I, what I landed on was I started to figure out that there was a better way to do uh, a wish list or a want list, I call it. And, and it's with using the word intention. So instead of saying, you know, I want to lose 50 pounds, your focus is squarely on the 50 pounds, which your attention is, you know, your te- energy goes where attention flows. So I like to say things like I intend to weigh my perfect healthy weight of 145 pounds. Um, and then I, after that, very quickly, this is about May 2007, I realized that out of the, you know, just three to seven once a day, really easy. And it's a daily thing. I don't like people keeping lists and boards forever. Like, just throw it away, turn the page. It's all good because you want to keep it fresh. So I would pick two or three of, and this is my own thing, of the ones or the intentions that I would write down and the ones that were most believable, I would put a belief list. Like, I know. I'm going to uh, have a great day or great appointment at the dentist. And I talk about in the book, there is a power in the mundane, uh, which is something I started to figure out. Mundane meeting, uh, when, when people script, uh, which, which I'll explain in one second, um, a lot of the times when they're talking out loud, they're, not inc- they're talking so far in the future, it doesn't feel real, A. And B, 
uh, they're not including the actual things that are happening in their actual lives. So your brain just doesn't register it as anything to pay attention to, which is important. And that's, that's newer science, which, which I'll dive into right now. So long story short, I started writing a, uh, I, it hit me one night when a friend said, cause I was really wanting to figure scripting out. She said, look in your journals. Cause I kept a great journal, you know, every night, just my life, my auditions, but I always wrote down what I did in new thought and what I did for manifesting or law of attraction or self-help what what practices I did for years I had written. So I went up to my room and it, it hit me like a bolt of lightning, guys. Like literally, I went, oh my God, I'm such an idiot in a good way <laughs> because I realized that I was here, I was writing every night a normal journal and I should have been writing in the morning my journal, but the scripted version of how I wanted my day to come and how I wanted my day to be. Okay. So, it's so, just that's, everything... so that's the key right there is that you, you start out in the morning and you, and you do... Right, so... That's what, yeah, I'm going to explain it right now. Okay, so, great. Uh, so what people do, and this is, uh, you know, the book, I go into a lot more detail and explain why this works and, and why it's so powerful. But you, you, I wake up every morning. I, I, you can't see it, but I have, I was going to say, I have my, mine right here everywhere. I still use notebook. I'm an old school guy. You can use a pen. You can use a notebook. You use your laptop, whatever. I do three to keep it easy, keep it fun and light. Three to seven intentions or once. And then out of those, the next page, uh, a belief list, uh, put one or two things that you feel are closer to manifesting. You don't have to 100% believe it. And then after that, I date uh, at the top, like for instance, let's say December 25th, 2020. And it's the morning, it's first thing in the morning, but I'm pretending I'm writing in my journal at night and I go through my whole day and you wanna write your whole day out exactly as it was. Well, today was a really nice day or a really decent day. It, you know, you don't wanna push too hard. And what the magical key one of them is, is to include, if you have a dental appointment, I cannot tell you how many breakthroughs I've had with people and especially these CEOs and these management companies, these people that I work with that once I, I clicks with them to include the mundane or things they're not thinking about, they have these incredible breakthroughs in all areas of their lives. And there's a reason for that. And I'll tell you what it is. So you want to include, you know, if you're having a dentist appointment that day, put it in. But if you also want to manifest, maybe you have a, a cute girl at the grocery store that you, you know, that, 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 that you might want to ask on a date, that you get the courage to do that or whatever it is. You, and you want to start, it's, it's a very brick by brick thing. At night, you then do the forensic journal, as uh, as Mitch Horowitz, who wrote the forward, says. You know, and it, it's important because you want you you don't want to lie to yourself. You want to write exactly what happened. The magical thing, and really, like it's crazy. I say magic, whatever you want to do. Though, really, the thing that scares the the buttoned up CEOs a lot is uh, anywhere between I'd say three days and three weeks. They become so congruent, you cannot tell the difference between what you write in the morning and what you write at night. They look wow. the same. Wow. So the reason being really fast, because I know we want to cover a lot of other stuff, is, and this is a good segue, we have something, and this is very, very new science, um, but this, I am a science, you would not believe the amount of, of people, this layers this book had to go through before they would publish it. Uh, thankfully, uh, it all passed because it, it's real and it's important for us in the spiritual community, I think, to understand this uh, amazing stuff. One of them being our brain has a system called the reticular activating system, RAS. You might have heard Mel Robbins talk about it before. That's where I learned it from. But I dove in real deep and read all the research papers. And it is our brain's filter. And I'm talking fast because we have a short amount of time. But basically, 
what it does, it's, it's two things. It, it, it's there for our survival. So it's looking in our environment, what we perceive, and it, it wants to make sure we live. It's looking for, you know, food and anything to be fight or flight, all that stuff. But the second thing that it is in charge of is filtering what we perceive and what we bring in. So what that means is, you know, if you look at a Facebook page, even look, there's a billion things on there. You would go crazy. Literally, there's science for this. If you actually absorbed every single thing going on in your environment. So what a uh, fun little trick too that 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 i learned through scripting is what you're doing is you're programming that's the crazy thing about science in the last five years started we're, now the science is catching up to what we've known a new thought for a long time but the reticular activating system actually can be programmed and what that means is have you ever seen 1111 or let's say the word windsor and then all of a sudden it seems like out of nowhere you're seeing it everywhere we all have that right right so that used to be called the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. And I talked about that in the book. And no one really knew it was controlling it or why it was happening. But they finally realized that the RAS system in our brain, it's this big cluster of nuclei back there, neurons, uh, were being programmed. When you tell your brain, essentially, to pay attention to something, it pays attention. So it goes and finds examples of it in your environment. This is real, backed up by science. So when you are scripting and you are telling your brain to look for opportunities or look for different, you know, these are the intentions, these are the goals that I want. And you're also including things that are already happening. Your brain does two things. After a few days, it realizes, wow, whatever's going on in the script in the morning, like my dental appointment, that happened, whatever he's writing. It sounds weird to think of your brain outside of you, but for a second, it helps for explanation purposes. It starts to realize or think and believe and be programmed to know that what's happening on there happens. Also, it's now being told what to look out for because there's an amazing chapter in the book, and I'm not saying amazing because the research was done by an incredible professor named uh, Donald Hoffman about perception, but a uh, quick example, I was teaching uh, high, high, I mean, like the, the most elite real estate agents. There's this group, uh, I don't want to name the actual company, but they're on the top of Sunset Boulevard. You've probably seen and heard of them before. They command the market in Los Angeles, all the Beverly Hills, the celebrities, great group great group people and I did a class and a workshop with them in December one girl brand new she went her her dream her intention she wanted to have her first 10 million dollar like property she wanted to have something that hit 10 and these are you know huge numbers so I said no problem gave her my program explain what to do once beliefs daily script and then I have something called a 10 day script which we don't have time to go into but it allows you to go a little bit more into the future uh just about a week and a half and that really helps uh bring things in. It allows you to put some extra things in that maybe aren't going to happen day to day, uh, but are a little bit bigger. Anyway, so this is the craziest thing. I love the stories that just happened. Uh, this was December, January. She calls me and she goes, I cannot believe what happened, Rice. She was at downstairs on Sunset Boulevard. It was a bookshop and a coffee store right next to each other. And she always gets her coffee and passes this bookstore every day was getting her coffee and just, ha and she had been scripting and doing her work and noticed that this very successful entrepreneur, you would know him if I told you his name, uh, and I can't because of one reason, which you'll see right now, uh, was giving a talk at this bookstore. He was doing a signing and she loved him and it was, it was on her lunch break and it was, it was a weird time of day in the middle of the afternoon. So she walked in, sat for the last five minutes of his talk, went up to him, told her, you know, introduced herself and whatnot. And turns out he was looking for a realtor. He was really picky. And he didn't have a lot of people in LA that he trusted. Uh, he wasn't from LA, but he had property here. Well, they got to talking, 
long story short, she and she now uh, represents his property, which is worth $11 million. But even cooler, she said, Royce, the craziest thing was he told her that when she said, oh, I had no idea you're here, she, he goes, that sign, that, and that's been out there. They've been advertising for almost three weeks. So her brain was so focused on everything else in her life, it wasn't perceiving because she would have gone and she would have met him. But had she not scripted it, she would have missed the opportunity completely. So we are programming our brain not just to manifest things, but we're actually telling it what to start looking out for. And that includes opportunities, which I consider manifestations. Wow, that's awesome. And that's really interesting. That's really interesting. Um, I know, it gets me so, I'm such a nerd. I'm like, this is the coolest stuff ever. And this is like, that's just scratching the surface. But I think, you know, for anybody out there, hopefully it'll pique their interest because there's a lot of science, but it's fun science like that. <laughs> You know, I think that's something I really like from the book too, Royce, is that you took it beyond just scripting in words. And as an author, like I love words, right? But you yeah. go and you take it into the visual. And I think that's like what you were just talking about with what we're seeing and what's happening. Can you talk a little bit about that visual component of it? Oh, man. Yeah. So there, there's a personal, I guess, just intention and wish of mine as an author too. You know, I've been a writer. I was an actor for, for my childhood and teen years, but I've been writing, you know, I've worked for magazines for years and this was always my dream to do this. Um, and I agree, you know, words are such an important thing, but I knew in my own success, uh, in my own personal success that getting, I always say, up off the page and up off the screen is really, you know, people always say, and, that, and it's important, like action, action, yes, inspired action, all that's good and manifesting, but they never really tell you what to go do. They say, wait for the inspiration. The point of, one of the things I, I, I hope to accomplish with this book, and I, I, I think I did based on what you just said, is encouraging people to look up from the book and actually go out into the world. I, I talk about an incredible, such a cool app on your phone, super easy. It actually connects to a quantum computer and you can program your location and it'll send you on a little journey in your own neighborhood. Uh, and, and, you know, I like to get people up and out there. Uh, what I think you're talking about, though, is perception. And I talk about, you know, our, there's such a great guy, I just mentioned him, Donald Hoffman. Uh, and he's a professor at the University of California here in Irvine, not here in Irvine, but very close by. And he has an incredible TED Talk I recommend everybody look at. Uh, it's only about like 15, 20 minutes, but his, his whole world has been understanding perception. And Again, I know we're short for time, but the very, very nuts and bolts of it is he discovered, and this is scientifically now agreed, uh, evolution and perception. This is something we all need to focus on because evolution does not favor reality. And that blew my mind. And, and, wow. And wow. That's blowing my mind right now. <laughs> it blew my mind. Like, I, 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 like, you know, look, I, I love the self-help world and, and the new thought world. And there are wonderful teachers out there. But there are a lot of, uh, there's a handful that just say things like that. And they're like, no, oh, you know, like, I'm just high and mighty. And I know about, you know, evolution doesn't favor perception. I'm like, what? Hold on, like I can't tell you, you know, this was, you know, I, I'm just a researching nerd. That's what you do as an actor, you research. It's just in my blood. So I love this stuff. When I heard that and still saying it, it blows my mind. The examples on the talk, and they're actually in the book too, for anyone out there, uh, it's available today. The book is released, it's April 7th. Absolutely. I don't know when this is airing. But, uh, you know, uh, go out and buy it because there are, or, or get the Kindle or the audiobook because the perception, uh, it was such a key for me to understanding manifesting because when I realized that 
and it started, he's the one that really started to help me understand as an analogy. I don't want anybody out there thinking we're going into woo-woo land because I'm not a big fan of woo-woo land. <laughs> uh, but what he had me understand as an analogy and symbolically to think of our brains as a computer and the outside world as the desktop, that changed everything when it came to manifesting because we don't perceive, and the perfect example, we don't perceive, I think it's, I think the number, I might get it wrong, it's in the book correctly, I don't have the, the actual page in front of me, but we're not perceiving, I think it's 90 some percent of what's actually around us, and it's not that we don't see it, now there's a difference, it's there, but here's a great trick for you guys and all your listeners that I didn't get to put in the book because it's something I've been practicing the last year and kind of- Ooh, we get something secret. Ooh, exclusive, exclusive. Ooh, exclusive on Big Universe. Oh, oh my God, the- I've had such I've had such funny experiences recently with the, the people that I coach. I coach a lot of managers and businesses and people who are just feeling like they're successful but they're stuck. And one of the, the big things that we all have, including these big CEOs, is they lose their keys and their phone. And who doesn't, right? I, I personally I lose my AirPods all the time. I lose my phone and I lose my you can't see it there, but my Yeti mug. Um so it's what I drink my water out of constantly. Anyway, I realized from everything that I researched, I said, you know, this is going to sound weird. And then I started teaching it and realized it works 100% of the time. So if you lose your, let's say, keys, okay? And you, let's say, came in from a day at work and threw them somewhere, and you know, you just went about your day. Your brain, your reticular activating system, it took note. It knows that your keys are, let's say, on the foyer table, maybe not on the kitchen table where they normally are. It knows, but you have so much going on, it's filtering it out because it doesn't deem it necessary for your survival at the moment. That's also mental survival. So, you know, it is filtering through a lot of stuff. Now, what I realized was, because there is an actual focusing in this, and it, this is a little bit, uh, it's a little bit of a juxtaposition to what I mentioned earlier, but it's in private, so I think it's okay. I thought to myself, wow, I wonder if I said it out loud, hey, brain, losing my keys as the example, hey, brain, where are my keys? Would I see them suddenly? Guys, 100% of the time, it takes about five minutes. My body, it's what I do is I'll say, hey, I'll be, and, you, and after about a week, you don't have to say it out loud. Once your brain knows when you're asking it, it sounds weird again to think of it separately, but for teaching purposes, it's really helpful. And I don't care. I'm shameless because I used to lose everything. And the rate at which I do not lose things now is incredible. I know where everything is because within a minute or two, I have the wildest things. Last night, even I was cleaning out my garage and I lost my gloves. I couldn't find these gloves that I was using. And I stopped myself and I said, you know, even I have to like, you know, go, wait a minute. And I said, okay, brain, where are my gloves? And I looked down and I swear to you right in front of me in the box, right open this container in front of me where my gloves perfectly folded. Now I had been looking all over this whole area, but my brain, I was looking for a book and it wasn't until I thought, oh, I need the gloves and then I couldn't find them. I couldn't find them anywhere. But when you stop, it actually, it's a quick program. It's a little hack that actually goes, okay. And sometimes it takes a minute or two where I'll turn around and there's the thing I'm looking for. But the amount of these professionals that use this now and say, you know, I feel a little crazy in my office. I have, you know, sometimes clients out there, but I'm like, brain, where's my computer? Where's my laptop? And right. it works. And, you know, so they're going, but that's something that's not in the book that uh, utilizes everything we talk about on the science end, perception end, and also uh, the scripting side. And it's a lot of fun. And I, if anybody out there is like me and loses stuff, it sounds weird. Try it. Then come at me if you have a problem because you won't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Sarah is dying to get into a couple of sci-fi questions. So go, Sarah. Absolutely. I am. I, you know, I, I looked at the book and I was flipping through it and I saw Schrodinger's cat and I just got excited and said, this is the book for me, but I won't go oh, there. I'll let, it, I'll let everybody else get the book to find out if they don't know about Schrodinger's cat. Um, but I did want to ask you about this. Um, you talk a little bit about uh, the glitch in the matrix. Yeah. And as you yes. see, Jim and I, we love our sci-fi shows. Could you talk a little bit about the glitch in the matrix? I could not believe if you would have asked me five years ago if I would have even known what Reddit was, let alone become just a huge fan of the, it's such a great tool for authors, but also as a participator to see what is actually going on in the world. There's just amazing things happening with communication and stories we get in real time. But for people who don't know, Reddit is essentially a message board. People have, you know, they have boards. You know, it's like an old school chat. It's very easy to use for anybody out there who's scared of tech a little bit. Super simple. You could get, you know, a Reddit board for Disney, a Reddit board for The Good Place or a TV show or whatever. But they have tons of stuff for, they have uh, resources for COVID and they have something called the glitch in the matrix. And it started out, uh, I don't want to misquote, I'm going to, I'm not 100% sure. I want to say about three to four years ago, that's when I, I really became aware of it. Um, and people started sharing these stories, uh, many of which are in the book. Uh, and it's real people, they have guidelines, which I go through in the book of, of how we've edited, at least from my publisher and my end of things and the research, because it was important, because what I'm about to say is, you know, obviously going to sound a little questionable to some people, but we've all had it. I call it the modern day ghost stories, because these are people daily who are, who are having really weird experiences happen. Now, saying them out loud sometimes is not as powerful as reading them, which is why I recommend everybody reads them. But for instance, someone ripping a banana and putting it in the fridge and then turning around and an hour later seeing the bananas back together. Uh, going up, I'm sorry, I have a cat meow in here. I, I don't know why, I, I'm babysitting a cat who I love dearly, but it's meowing in the background, oh, I apologize. That's probably <laughs> my influence on you because I, 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm a an cat animal lover, chaplain, so you know, this I happens. <laughs> So, uh, and, and weirder and weirder, the, the banana story is, 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 is the most basic. People who are seeing, you know, basically uh, the old school, I'd say like the old school versions of ghost stories where they're, 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 uh, they're going down roads for hours and hours and hours where they know that they're, they're uh, in a place and then they, they pull off and they're 4,000 miles from where they are. Or it's, it's just wild stuff that sounds to a lot of people like it's drug induced or they're dreaming or they're lying. And the really great thing about the, the moderation of Reddit and how these boards are moderated is there's rules and, and there are stories taken out all the time because of course there are people who go on there and try to put fiction. But statistically, and I'm a statistics nerd, um, Dr. Dina Grayson's one of my best friends. She endorsed the book. So talk about like, you know, talk about statistics and science and knowing how to whittle it down. Even if out of, there's tens of thousands of stories, even if 99% of them were fake, that 1%, that's still thousands of hundreds of thousands of stories that are real. And it led me down this really interesting path, studying these stories and talking to these people where I started to wonder, you know, you're hearing right now a new thought. It, it's just, it's, it's, I have two, like I call it my eye rolls, which are quantum physics. It's just like the throwaway, like, oh, quantum physics, that explains everything. I love quantum mechanics and quantum physics. I do like 20 pages of what it actually is because I don't like to cherry pick. The other thing is we're in a simulation. I'm hearing it so much. And I'm not saying 
that I'm not, uh, that I don't have a chapter that's called breaking out of the simulation for zero dollars. What I'm saying is there is some insane things happening, not just in quantum mechanics and quantum physics, but also in the world of a science of audio. Audiology is discovering that the future is, is somehow predicting the past. We are, they are, they're able to prove, for instance, that my ears know what you're going to say before you think it. They don't know why, though. There are these insane stories, and not stories, but just research papers coming out, and it's, it's coming at a rapid speed where every area of science, not just quantum physics and mechanics, are, are pointing to a really interesting, very strange and awesome, I think, reality, which to me explains why scripting works and why manifesting works, where we aren't obviously perception is key. And I really, you know, to, to really grasp this and people, it's easy to understand once you read it, but once you realize how we don't perceive and then you learn how to program with scripting perception, you can understand this, uh, what I put forward as my own theory. And I always say, I'd rather throw out a theory and be wrong than not pull one out at all. But I think that there is something along the lines of not a simulation, but I call it a nexus. Many people, and I'll explain what that is, but many people don't know Stephen Hawking, you know, he hated the many worlds theory. He hated the idea of parallel universes his whole career until his very last research paper, which was released posthumously, which I actually have in the book, he finally agreed that there are probably about 30 to 40 parallel timelines. That's mind-blowing. All right, Royce. Hawkins is saying this. All right, Royce. I hate to stop you. I totally, <laughs> totally, totally hate to stop you. In a but parallel universe, we go on. We do. But we do. But we, are, we are totally out of time. Um, I think we hopefully people will want to read and I want anybody out there listening, please, because this is where it gets really exciting. <laughs> it is. It is. And we, we'll have you back on. We'd love to have you back on. To go I would love more to, of this stuff, More of this great stuff. Um, by the way, I'm going to set up a PayPal account so you can do the scripting in the morning for me, if that's okay. Is that, is that doable? <laughs> All sure, right. Sure. I, it's actually not a terrible idea. <laughs> okay. So thank you so much for coming on Big Universe, Roy. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much, Jim. You guys are great. And honestly, we could do this again. We're all on lockdown. If you want to do part two and talk about the simulation, I'm down. So let me know, okay? Let's do it. Let's do it. Find out more about Royce at his website, RoyceChristian.com. Cool. And make sure you take a look at his book, Scripting the Life You Want, Manifest Your Dreams with Just Pen and Paper. For more information about Sarah Bowen, go to spiritual-rebel.com. I've got premium video courses on my website called youththrivehere.com. I can also help you create yours. Join me there, won't you? Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time on Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. 
Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.